This is a test of the Bounty Park Alert System. Eighty-one, isn't it, this Andy? It is. <clears throat> the eighties were, always, I think, in many ways, the best decade. So this should be good. <laughs> Hello, welcome to episode 81 of the Boundary Park Alert System with me, Matt Dean, and Andy Halliwell. Hello, Andrew. Andrew. Hello, Andrew. Good morning, Matthew, for this, the relegation episode. Yep. Yep. This is the, well, we've got how many, Mike? A couple more of, of this podcast being a football league podcast, and then it will be uh, relegated to being the best non-league podcast, as opposed to being the best football league podcast out there. So, you know, small, small mercy. I suppose it's a be easier, won't it? I guess, I guess not even every club will have a podcast down there, will they? Like Salford. It would be just be playing more, more teams like Salford, won't it? More clubs yeah. in the stature of Salford. We'll come on to Salford in, in a little while. Um, yesterday, what happened, the debacle, what it's been like in, in the aftermath. Um, but we've got some guests on. We've got uh, Steve Shipman, who is a, a regular of sorts, not so much lately these days. Steve, um, I don't know if it's something we said or or what, but we've not, we've, you've not been on as, as much, but you're very welcome as always. Good morning. Yeah, happy to be back. Thank you. Good stuff. We've also got a very familiar, familiar uh, name and, and 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 voice and character. One of the three band fans from one of the many stories of this season, uh, Bim Man Nathan Price. Hiya. How are you doing, pal? Yeah, well, we all feel it same, though, aren't we, lads? You know, it's we're all feeling, aren't we? Yeah, we are feeling it. We're feeling it. But I'm, I'm trying to set like a relatively buoyant tone at the start because it's obviously going to just diminish as we go through, uh, as we as we start talking yeah. about the details of it. Uh, but making his pod debut is Simon Faraday as well. Good morning, Simon. Good morning. <clears throat> all right, how was your cheese on toast? It was all right, thanks. Do you, all right. Good. <laughs> Do you have anything on it? I just tend to have pepper and occasionally no, no, Worcestershire sauce. A bit of red sauce, sauce this red morning. Red sauce. Yeah. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, right. Ooh, uh... <laughs> <laughs> hmm. <laughs> where do you, where do you where, start? Where do we start? Like, uh, I guess we <clears throat> let's start like we usually do. Let's start with yesterday and the match. Let's let's just set the scene. Let's set the tone. So we've been on a terrible run. Um, we'd lost. Was it nine out of eleven before yesterday? I think. Yeah. Salford City, yeah. we have to win. Barrow and Stevenage have been, both been on good runs, taken four points from their last two games, <clears throat> distanced themselves, four points clear of us, game in hand. We needed to win yesterday to have any chance, and we knew that if they both won and we lost, we'd be relegated. Some of us believed that yesterday was the stay of execution. We might get past it, um, and, and that wouldn't happen, but unfortunately... It did. We got relegated. We got beat 2-1 eventually. Uh, and both Barrow and Stevenage won. And it's out of the way. It's done now with two games to go. We're down. It's been a long time coming. Um, I think we'll start with you, Steve, because as PTB have been around for a couple of years and, and obviously on this podcast, we've been ringing the warning bell regularly, week in, week out. <clears throat> I saw you briefly at the back of the Rocky Road then yesterday. 
fans magnificent again as usual as usual but what what was your take on 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 the game briefly because it doesn't really matter about the game does it but maybe more about how it was as an occasion for you yesterday and how you felt it was weird to be honest uh, from start to finish i think you know I, I walked up to the ground sort of a 25 minute walk and and, and all morning i felt a bit weird and then you see the ground for the first time and then you're like, oh God, and you get that feeling in the pit of your stomach. Yeah. Then you walk into the OEC, you see people and you start let on to people. And all your instinct is obviously to go, all right, how's it going? And, and you just realise everyone's like, well, no, yeah, not great. Because <laughs> we know what's going to happen. So it was it was weird and you get into it, don't you? You start talking to people and, and you know, that sort of lifts your spirits and you get that bit of hope back and, you know, the game unfolds, doesn't it? And it was just, I don't know, an air of, inevitability about it didn't it really i, I don't started think we, well I didn't we I, th- I did think well. we i didn't think we started well but it was just that typical you know get on the, getting on the front foot getting the upper hand and then conceding the first goal which you know we've seen time and time again at bp haven't we over the years and mm. to get back into it in the way we did obviously Loamba missed a couple of chances hope missed that sitter which you know story of the season in it if, if something like that goes in maybe it's a maybe it's a different story but and then it was just like you could just see. Obviously, we all had the, the the updates on from the other games. You could just see the other the other scores coming in, and it was just like heartbreaking. I don't think I expected it to happen yesterday. I, I thought we might get a draw. I thought the other teams might get a draw, and it'll go to and it would end up getting relegated at Tranmere. So for it to happen yesterday was a bit of a shock in the end, really. And 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 the way that it all unfolded, you know, obviously with the pitch invasion, and then I'm coming back on afterwards, and you know, you just end up sort of having your fate sealed behind closed doors, watching it from a bar and like with a load of other Latix fans indoors. And it was just, just weird and horrible. Yeah. Simon, you were in the, um, in the, in the uh, stand yesterday, weren't you? In the OEC after the game. Yeah. What was it like? I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard to describe. It was just like, because you we thought the game, you thought the game had been abandoned. So you like, we were, we were down anyway. Then, then there was like rumours, that it was the game was starting up again, and they were allowing people to go and watch it near the fire escapes. And they decided to board the fire. The stewards decided to board the fire escapes up. Um, no, but there was a few songs, and just re- a realization of what's happened and it really. But I'm not surprised it's happened. But it's just where, where do we go from here? They've they've got to go, haven't they? They've got to go. So the the only way back for this club. Is they have we need new owners. It's simple as you can dress it up as much as you want until they've gone. There is no future for Oldham Athletic, and I, I don't I mean whether these rumours about certain parties going out to Germany looking for investment. I mean, we don't, we don't, I don't, I don't want anything to do with Barry Owen taking over the club or being involved in it. It needs starting again from top to bottom. Preaching to the choir here, mate. <laughs> we uh, we we certainly all agree, and we we've certainly not tried to dress it up in any way, shape, or form. It's it's been a disaster, four years of absolute unmitigated disaster. Um, I mean, let, let's not get. I mean, we're going into national league next season. But, but let's be honest, it's going to be a totally different team again. There's no there's no way we're going to be able to compete in the national league. I think I think that point you make, Simon, is absolutely spot on, and and. We've got we've got a couple of clips from 
um, interviews from the very early part of this season when Matt was talking to some fans and our reaction to it. So, you know, and so we'll play those. We'll just drop these in now. See you around a lot. I know you've got to, you've been following oh, us for years. The 60s, yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what do you reckon to where we're at and the where season ahead? At, I think we've got a good base here to, to improve a lot this season. I think we brought some uh, senior players in who know a bit more about our division. I think we were too young last year, too many young players and, and they were a bit naive at times. I think we've got these kind of the, the good heads on this year. I think we're, I think we'll improve a lot this season and hopefully get up there. I hope so too. What do you think? I think uh, roughly the same. I think we've got a good manager in now. Somebody who knows this division, um, just to see what he signs between now and the start of the season. What do you think if we have a bad start to the season, the chances of Keith Curl being allowed to make it through to the end of the season? That's a concern, isn't it? No, because I don't even think about that. Okay. Because we're going to get a good start. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> Last season, well, we had a terrible start. We got one point from the first five games, was it? Yeah. Uh, and we were catching up the rest of the season. Yeah. So it's very important to get a good start this yeah. season. Once you get a good start, you're in the right place, and then you can chase your goals then, yeah. rather than defending, you know, being frightened of going down and all this kind of stuff. We're on a good start, and then we can get up there and, and start battling for, for that promotion. You know? are, you, are, you, are you as optimistic? Yeah, I am. I think uh, the the fact that we've got home fans back in, um, I think last season was probably one of the problems. This season we've got the home fans back in, so we, you know we've got a bit of backing for the team. When we went away, we had a good record, but you don't get as many fans at away games as you do at home games. So I think it's going to be uh, a lot better with the, um, the amount of fans we're going to get at home this season. I thought we had a very weak midfield we last did. year. And I think it's, it's a lot stronger now. And I, and I think we competed. I think we competed with we competed very Sorry, well. who are you, mate? Do you want to say something? Hello? Hello? That's Steve. Yeah. Oh, it's Steve Partington. Oh, yes. Steve. 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 Yeah? You're Steve. Come and talk to me. Steve Partington from the realistic whatever group. It's not realistic. It's not. I know it's never been realistic, but no, why wouldn't you come on my podcast and talk to me? Why though? Why though? I'm a reasonable man. Are you? Yeah. Are you? Are you sir? Well, you won't talk to me, so I mean, I'm reasonable. You just came up to someone I was talking to and said, "Don't speak to him. He's PTB." He's a man. Well, he seems all right. And you are. Yeah, he is. Yeah. I'll, I'll talk to anyone, me, Steve. So am I. That was Steve Partington from The Realistic. He won't talk to me and uh, he got all nervous and shy, bless him. The level of optimism from some <laughs> Latinx fans is quite incredible, isn't it? Don't you know? I wish I could just, in a way, I wish I could just go into each season believing that we were going to do really well. But it doesn't seem particularly realistic, does it, to, to, to go into this season with any kind of optimism. There doesn't seem to be too much grounds for that. Now, obviously, there's a mix of opinion and everyone's entitled to their own opinion and I'm not knocking anyone for, for having that optimism. I'm just saying that I don't share it. What do you lads, how do you lads feel? I think the, la the last time I had sort of optimism going into a season was probably the last time I didn't know what was going on in the background at the club. And I don't know whether some of the some of the people that you interviewed, maybe it's the case that some people just don't know the detail. They're not necessarily as aware. So not everybody studies the ins and outs of Oldham Athletic as much as some of us do or, or some of the fan base does. And maybe some people just turn up for the entertainment value and sort of what goes in the background they don't really get involved with. Um, so ignorance is bliss, Andy, is what you're saying. 
when you've listened to people with that sort of belief, and we've been saying for a long time that these owners that we have are a malign influence and the people that they surround themselves with are a malign influence. We've predicted that this was going to happen. This is not this is not any of us wanting to sit here and say I told you so. No one's no one's no one's um reveling in in our own club's demise. But it was evident to many of us that this was coming. And so the point you've just made before Simon is if these owners are allowed to remain in charge and or the people with whom they surround themselves with have an influence in the club moving forward. There is a very, very real prospect that this time next year we'll be talking about relegation to the Conference North. That is not me being sensationalist. I wasn't being sensationalist in August and September when I was saying I think we'll be in the bottom four of this division. I was right. We were going to be in the bottom four of this division. But you, you only had to look. You only had to look at the squad that was assembled before we kicked about the season. You knew where we were going to be <clears> in the table. Well, exactly. I mean, we, we, the, the, I think the Newport game we started with Jordan Blythe up front. <laughs> exactly. You know, you know what I mean? It's just then we're giving contract extensions to Fage, Diarrhea, Jameson. It's like you know where we're going to start. Then we're signing, they're signing players that they can't even play because they haven't read the small print of the embargo rules. So let's not kid ourselves. We've been relegated. If, it, if it, even if we'd have stayed up this season, we'd have gone down next season. Exactly. And if if we're in the the worst four teams in the national league, that is the relegation spots. It's not two down out of that league. It's four out of that league. Yeah. So the question you raised a minute ago, Simon, is where do we go from here? Is a very very good question to ask. Now everyone's entitled to their opinion, but I am firmly of the belief that if those people who just turn up with blind hope, without really understanding what's going on in the background, continue to do so. Or those of us that are maybe more informed, like yourself, Simon, continue to endorse and offer patronage to these owners by way of season ticket purchases, merchandise purchases, spending money in the ground. We are adding to our own problems. For me, it's only my opinion, we've got to stop giving them money because that is going to be the fastest way to remove them. Because if everybody takes the opinion, and, and we had some exchanges, didn't we, on, on Twitter, Simon, and you obviously, um, we invited you on and you, and you very gamely and kindly um, <clears throat> agreed to come on to have this sort of conversation, is I want to go to watch Latter. It's my football team too. I, I want to go to as many games as I can go to. I appreciate the argument that I live in London, so therefore I'm not, uh, I, I've not been a season ticket holder at Boundary Park for a, long, for a long time because I'm not around the corner. But I still want to go to meet my mates, my lifelong friends that I've met through watching Latics. But I'm not doing that. I'm not going with, with my with my mum to watch Latics at Boundary Park like I might have done more, more frequently because I can't, I haven't spent any money on, on merchandise. I can't do it because I'm endorsing the, these owners and, and the people around them. So we have to collectively come together, even if we've got some differences, and say, now is the time for all of us, boycott, full-on boycott. Don't give them any more money. That's my opinion. Well, we've got, we've got evidence, haven't we, from our survey that a lot of fans will support direct action this season as a result. And I think in the aftermath of us going down, we've got two games still to play. Um, I think how we conduct ourselves as a fan base now is important over those two games. Um, I think particularly at Tranmere. We've got the fans forum lined up for the 12th. I think that's a really important event. We've got 
representatives, Christine from Blackpool Supporters Trust is coming along. Uh, they're gonna there's gonna be some important messages from you know fans who've been through it as to you know what we need to do next and how we conduct ourselves. And and obviously we're gonna do a presentation from OASF's point of view and PTB are gonna do a presentation. So I would encourage fans to to hold off a little bit in terms of you know, I certainly wouldn't encourage anyone to buy season tickets and, and things like that. We need we need to collectively come together, sort ourselves out and agree a plan of action that we can all buy into. Because, you know, we've put out a statement this week and kind of went under the radar a little bit about OASF, PTB and the FLG all talking now and, and, and looking for a solution. We, we can have differences as groups and organisations, but if you've got some kind of skin in the game, you have to be working together against the more significant evils and problems that we've got at the football club. You know, and it's already been mentioned this morning who those people are and who who the associates of the of the owners are. We've got to work together. We've got to come together as a fan base, and we've got to start being very, very organised, very, very vocal, and very, very proactive. And I think once we've had the fans forum, you'll all have a better idea of what what kind of things we've got in mind. Obviously, Keith Cole's come out, hasn't he? And and uh, Ken Lawrence from, from the Sun has, has sort of laid bare. The, the money that we owe, you know, in terms of rent, in terms of the potential tax bill, in terms of utility bills, you know, and then you've got Curl sort of suggesting, frustratingly so, obviously, as we've had with other ex-employees that come out afterwards and say what it's like behind the scenes. I think from 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 my perspective, like, I, I would I expect Curl to come out at the time and say it's an absolute shit show behind the scenes. I, I, I don't, you know, he's employed by him, he's not going to do that. But by the same token, it grates me a little bit when you have people coming out and saying... And, and defending what they do and you know he's got the best interest of the club at heart and he's going to turn it around and he wants you know he really cares about the fans and this that and other like th- that's probably the annoying thing for me you know and and, and i think I, I, we, we touched on it on a with a ptb tweet in that you know we were, uh, and, I, and i'll name him because because i don't care um but when natalie atkinson was there and we were at absolute loggerheads trying to get a meeting with abdallah she reneged on on a number of 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 occasions when we should have met him when she she said she was going to get a meeting with him she told us to trust the process she told us that we were wrong in what we were doing and then as soon as she leaves you get a text saying you were right all along it was an absolute disaster now that for me that is what annoys me about this situation is that you know the number of times that you told that you're wrong in what you're doing and that you know things are going to get better and, and you know you've got to, you've got to hope and you've got to trust and look where it's led us it's led us to non-league football yeah you know, it, it, we've been we've been raising these red flags for for two and a half years now, and you know, a lot of people have listened, but not the people in the right areas. But it, we're all incredibly frustrated, aren't we? And and a lot of people, Simon, were you one of those people who was saying that we should have that we've kind of missed the opportunity in terms of the process and that kind of stuff, like by going back with shares, or um, was that your view? I, or? I, I just. We'll sell in 800 season tickets make a, a lot of difference. To, it won't even keep the lights on for a month, will it? They, they, they're not making any money from the club. So I can I can get people's reasons for not wanting to buy a season ticket. But I think we should we, we should have just started protesting. We should have boycotted at the start of the season. It's, it's To me, the, the message is boycott, don't boycott. You know, what do we do? We start off well next year in the National League at the top. We're still not going to go there. It's, it's got to be one clear message. That's a fair thing to raise. Um, Blackpool, who we just talked about, they got promoted 
from a yeah, Wembley yeah, final yeah, and still yeah. and still boycotted. So, 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 so I think yes, yes, we do have to completely boycott. The, um, if you recall, Simon, PTB called on on a boycott of sorts at the start of the season, and they got a lot of negativity and pushback from that because there wasn't the appetite for it. And the reason that was described that there wasn't an appetite for it was because people had just come out of a season and a bit of being under a global pandemic and a lockdown and not being able to go. It was a difficult thing for people to do. So people wanted to get back and watch live football. So that that was sort of abandoned as a standpoint. And then once Sheridan had gotten in, in, in the hot seat, that there was a decision taken by um, PTB to, to get behind Sheridan to see if we could help affect the fortunes on the pitch by being the, the, the 12 man. And I think... Uh, from my perspective, PTB can hold their heads up high now, having tried to, we've done everything we could. We kept up our end of the bargain. And, and please also bear in mind that, that calling for people to get back in the ground to support shares was also on the back of Abdallah issuing a statement via his lawyer to say that he was now, uh, he agreed that he, he needed to sell. So that, that there were very good reasons for those uh, sort of moves from uh, boycott to non-boycott and support the team. But I think, I think now... If there's, we had uh, a friend of mine on. I don't know whether you listened to an episode the, the other week, uh, Simon, called Leo, who's also bought a season ticket with him and his dad. He lives in North Wales, and he explained the reasons for buying a season ticket because he, he comes back to get to see his family and his dad, and that's something they do together and have done. And and I totally understand that, and I totally respect it. But at the same time, you know, him and his dad may end up next season coming back with their season ticket to watch watch Latics in the Conference North. We've got to stop it. <laughs> if yeah, we don't point. change our behaviour, it's going to get worse. So we've yeah, got to. I, 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 don't, I don't think they care whether the fans go or not. I, I, I think that I'm pretty sure they said they budgeted for last season without season ticket sales. I think I think that, that I, I put them on a, a par with the, the guy that was at Berry. I, I don't think they care. The problem is, think, Simon, is they budgeted it last season with the Premier League money with the EFL loan, so that they, they budgeted for, a, basically what that meant is they aren't putting any money in. They're going to use the money that is coming to them anyway, um, and they're going to, that's what they're going to spend next season. They're not going to have that money. Well, do, do you honestly believe eight, 800 to 1,000 season ticket sales is going to make a difference? No, absolutely not. No, I don't think, no, it's not. I mean, they're going to, we're, they're going to be starved out, starved of cash income, I think, from, from Latix fans. I think regardless of whether there's an official boycott or not, I think most fans have already said that they won't do it. And I think that the take-up for the 500 cheap season tickets that they couldn't sell shows how people feel about that already. So I think they're up against it. It means that the only way the club's going to survive next season is financially is if the Lemsgans put their hands in their pockets and fund it themselves. I think we've all realised that they're not going to do that. So where does that leave the football club? I don't know. That's why it's imperative that we raise as much money as we can to be ready for, for potential administration. So, so, that, so, that, so that's my point. So if, if you make an assumption that, I mean, if if the 800 or so that maybe buy a season ticket are wealthy enough to buy a season ticket at, for the sake of argument, 250 quid and also put 250 quid into the contingency fund, then fair enough. Like, you know, a 4,000... 250s get us a million quid. We need a million quid to be at the table to make a significant difference in terms of the dynamic at the football club. But if, if those 800 choose the 250 pound season ticket and don't contribute to the fund, then that's not helping. That is that is genuinely that is genuinely have a negative effect on our ability to remove the owners, in my opinion. So it, it, it depends. It depends upon each individual circumstances. But we've got we've got to try to unify behind one particular goal. I think. Uh, otherwise, 
if we if there is continued sort of split in action, even if we all because like you've described your position, Simon, you don't want him here, just like the rest of us. I think we probably agree on on what we think of the owners, but we've got somehow now, hopefully on the as Matt's touched on the twelfth of May when PTP and the foundation get to talk about their vision and their plan, people can really get behind that and understand it and then start to donate money towards the fund. What, what, what's, what's the situation with Blitz? Has anyone from the trust spoke to Blitz? We haven't spoke to him directly, but we, I mean, we do have a link to him and we, we're fairly confident that, I mean, he's he's not in a he's not in a position where he wants to just sell the ground to anybody, uh, you know, or, or he, he wants to just get rid of the land. It's It's our belief that he does want, there's a lot of people saying, oh, he's just going to build houses on it. I don't believe that that is his intention. And I think it's a very good point. We do need to speak to him now directly as a foundation, for sure. Um, and and that needs to happen. Uh, PTB, I don't know if you've been in touch with him. We do need a lot of clarity on these issues and ideally before the, the fans forum so that we can let people know what the situation is. I think we've had dialogue with him over the last you know last couple of years and in sort of more recently more recent months i think he is i think he's will he is willing to sell you know and, and and i think that you know i agree with matt i don't i don't think he'd i don't think he'd put houses on the center on the center circle i don't i don't, I don't believe that for a second to be honest and i do and i do think this probably reflects on the price that he would want for everything he's putting um, houses on the training pitch though isn't he is, yeah, I mean, he is putting houses on the training pitch, but I mean, little, little Wembley's been neither used nor ornament for for a while now, has it? And I think, you know, I think he's been op- he's been open about that, you know, and I think that's always been part of the plan. But I don't I don't think that would extend to him doing the same with the ground. I, I do believe he's part of the problem, though. I'll tell you what, Simon. So, so so do I. I I think he's part of the problem as well. And and as I am neither uh, OASF or PTB, I can and in this in, instance, like you, I'll just speak freely about it. When I first came on this podcast, I came on for my very first episode with Matt was to talk about what I thought was was Blitz's influence over the situation we're in. The reason we've got a, an incompetent football club owner is because Blitz took the decision to walk away in 2010 and left Corny with Reigns. So he absolutely is 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 the is the reason we've ended up where we are today. So I would hold. Blitz in as much contempt as I do Abdallah for them and Simon Carney for their malign influence. But the facts of the matter are Abdallah has, has got his name above the door right now. Blitz had his name above the door then. And Blitz is willing to sell his assets now. Abdallah is pissing around with his assets and ruining the football club. So under these current circumstances, the focus has to be on, on Abdallah. Now, again, I'm going to interject here a little bit because I think PTB and OASF, so Matt and Steve, maybe have, have to be slightly careful about what they say. But they've both said recently in, in statements that they have got pot- a potential investor who's already put, in theory, a seven-figure sum on the table. So that's at least a million quid already on the table from a third party. And they have also announced this week that they're talking to the FLG. Some people don't like the FLG, and the FLG needs to come on this podcast and talk to us so we can have a chat to them about what their plans are and, and, and what their objective and motives are just as much as anyone else's because they deserve to sort of uh, explain their well, position. The, the FLG needs to be the only people making any money from the fans. Well, yeah, well, that's you. you so the OEC and, and Glow Gym, you, you're absolutely right, will be making money. What are the FLG's intentions? Are their intentions just to milk it for their own personal gain or are their intentions to divert the profits from those two businesses to the football club once the football club is owned by somebody who's competent and reliable. We can put that question to them. Uh, let's just explain Let's just explain something here, right? The FLG have always been there, right, in this whole time for, for years, right? The old foundation board <laughs> weren't trusted by the FLG and they wouldn't communicate with PTB. 
right? So we had a we had a split within these three groups. We have, as OASF and PTB, we have exactly the same questions and concerns about the FLG and about Simon Blitz and about everybody that everybody does, right? But it's not our job to start slinging mud on social media and behaving in a certain way. Our job is to try and ask questions, build relationships, and work things out. So that's what we've been doing. We've been asking these questions. We've been asking questions. We've been trying to find out information, and we've been working on it, and we've been working on it to the point where now we've built up some trust. We've built up a relationship, a two-way trust, because like I said before, FLG, nothing would come to the trust in the past because they didn't trust people on the board. Information from the old board was getting back to Barry Owen and people like that. Right. So we've had to repair a lot of work that's been going on. And now we're in a position where at a fans forum in May, OASF will be there, PTB will be there and the FLG will be there. And we'll be communicating to fans in the room and online where we're at. You can't ask for much more than that. I don't think from from the supporters point of view in terms of transparency, cooperation, communication and just a general improvement in 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 everything. Now, that's not to say we, we we do everything perfectly, and we haven't we've got a ton of work to do. But I think we've done absolutely amazingly to to get to that point since we took over in August. Considering, and Steve, you'll know better than anyone, having dealt with the old board, you know where we came from. So now we've got a point where we've got that direct link with Simon Blitz on one side. The only people that we're, we're struggling with are the club. But we just have to just write them off as, well, we know they're not going to cooperate and we just have to crack on with our own stuff. And then obviously the the, the club's associates like Barry Owen and the other, you know, the deluded lot, like on Facebook. The, the, the concern is though, like, is how long this court case is going to drag, this court case could drag on for years, going to, I mean, you, you're not going to take over a football club overnight, <clears throat> are you? No. What, 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 where will we be? in two years' time. Well, you're asking what? hypothetical questions that no one can answer. So, like, rather than us worrying about that, we have to just say, right, what can we do now? How do we focus on being prepared and being ready? And we've already identified that that means money, it means organisation, it means being professional. We've, we're getting a load of media in, load of media coverage now. We need to use that to our advantage. This morning I was up at 8 o'clock to be on 5 Live. Then I was speaking to the Cron. I'm going to do Northwest tonight after I've finished here. Right, I've been on to Sky Sports this morning. There's loads of stuff. We, I've been getting a bit of grief. Some idiot on face on on Twitter was like, "Oh, no, you, BBC have not been interested. Now you're using it for your own personal gain because you want to be on telly." I don't want to be on telly, but we have to try and use this to our advantage. The tweets are going viral from yesterday. The football on the pitch, it getting boarded up. Like we're in, we're, we're national news, and we have to use it to our advantage. Uh, we'd be stupid not to. I'm not just going to the BBC phone up and say, "We well, do BBC Breakfast News." Oh no, you weren't interested months ago. I rang the phone up. Don't be stupid. That like, we have to use it to our advantage. So there's attention on the football club, and we have to make <clears> sure that the attention on it is about our her- heritage, about how organised and passionate the fans are, and how we need to get certain factions out of this football club, and that's what we're going to do. Um, just, I want to just link that now because Binman's been on for half an hour. He's not set out, but like uh, Binman, when you when you got up this morning, mate, what you yeah. checked your form? What what was the first first thing you saw? Uh, a message off uh, Barry. Uh, now, why does why does Barry message you? I don't know. I really don't. That's the first possible, uh, communication I've had with him since early uh, February. Anyways, obviously going on about Sheridan, but 
woke up this morning to a text to say he's going on Sky Sports. I'll read it out here, Bin Man. It says, I'm doing Sky Sports on Monday. The fans deserve to hear from the club. I will get slaughtered, but somebody needs to address the fans. That's the least, well, that the least they deserve. A board meeting will be called fairly quickly and I be want the appointment of a manager being made quickly. We are down and need to rebuild whilst the club is being sold. Everybody needs to get behind the club, not individuals. So sorry, Nathan. This has happened to fans like yourself. Devastated. Bazza. Okay. So what did you make of that text, uh, Bim, man, when you got uh, it? I don't know. I, I, was, I couldn't believe that he texted me. I thought, you know, I don't want to hear from people at the minute. I didn't really think I'd hear of him this morning. Obviously, well, well, it was at midnight that, you know, but when I woke up and seen that, I thought, I can't believe what I'm hearing. You know, he's going on Sky Sports. Now he's trying to think we should be working with the club. I just texted him back. The thing I want to hear from you, Barry, that he is selling the club. That's all I want to hear from him now. He is selling that club. Don't come out and apologise. I don't want to put apologies. Don't make it any better because at the end of the day, we are where we are. I just want the next statement to be, we've sold the club. That's all I want to hear from him. Don't want an apology. Well, when you sent me that, when you sent me that this morning, I, it, I mean, it really got my back up. Now Barry can't message me because I've blocked him on WhatsApp and on my phone, and yeah. I've blocked him on Twitter and all that because I'm not interested in what he's got to say. Um, but I would be very interested if he showed up on Sky Sports. So I did a bit of digging around and I, I got onto Sky Sports and I sent him the following email. Uh, we believe that Barry Owen, a former director of Oldham Athletic and Oldham Athletic Supporters Foundation, will be interviewed on Sky Sports News tomorrow. Mr. Owen is no longer a director of either of these organisations and does not represent either of them in any official capacity. Mr. Owen is considered by the vast majority of fans in the fan base to be integrally linked to the demise of both organisations and is extremely unpopular among supporters. <laughs> I represent OASF and interviewed Mr. Owen last year for my podcast, The Boundary Park Alert System. During the interview, Mr. Owen stated that he believed the owner, Mr. Lemsgren, and his brother were damaging the club. He's now doing everything he can to get back on their side so he maintains some influence for his own gain. I've attached sound bites from the pod for which you are free to use. I'm also available to represent OASF and challenge Mr. Owen should you choose to interview him. It is the opinion of OASF that Mr. Owen has no right to speak on behalf of OAFC or supporters, and we would encourage you not to give him airtime unless there is a counter position from ourselves. So just in case he was telling the truth, I got in touch with Sky and said, you can't give this guy airtime. He doesn't represent anybody. Here's some sound bites. And if he comes on, let me go on against him. Anyway, they came back and said that he's not appearing on Sky Sports News. But I just want to make this clear to Barry. Is that them listening. refusing uh, him or is Barry not even... I'm not sure. I don't know if Barry were making it up or if they've decided not to <laughs> not to give him the airtime. But, like, the gloves are off now. You know, we, Barry Owen does not represent anybody apart from Barry Owen. So, like, we need to make sure that we nip any kind of behaviour like that in the bud. What, what, does, what do you guys think of... of any of that. <laughs> well, can, can I can I just add this to this this point in a minute, right? So, hotel rooms for you this week has gone on a monumental blocking spree yeah. of literally anybody and everybody that's on the OAFC hashtag that isn't in his tiny, tiny, tiny little cohort of immediate friends. So that's hotel rooms for you, owned by Mike Halliwell and Barry Owens, the director of that company. Correct. No so, relation than Andy. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely no relation whatsoever. So anyway, and he's also gone on a, on a delete spree, which he does periodically. So starts deleting lots of messages that he doesn't want people to see for whatever reason. I've just gone through 
we have we've had a lot of private interaction with Mike Halliwell via the podcast over the course of the last sort of twelve months, where we were invited. We said in a previous episode, the Laughing Policeman one, we invited him on here. He agreed to come on. Then he reneged on it. Um, he's been all over the show. But on the twelfth of January, this was a private message that, that he sent to us. Hi guys, just to let you know, I've been contacted by two separate interested parties in the past twenty four hours. I've been in touch with Adam Morley. One is someone that declared an interest two years ago but wasn't prepared to deal with blitz and would require the ground. At that time, he wanted Abdallah to purchase it and then purchase everything in one deal, but he may have changed his mind. The stumbling bot may be blitz, but I'll keep you updated with any developments. We replied saying, thanks, Mike. He replied a little time afterwards saying, we have a price for the club, which is negotiable. However, do you know where things stand with blitz and the OEC, etc.? That's a minefield and I don't want to get involved. Our reply was, hi, Mike, this is the podcast. We're not in negotiations with anybody. I would encourage you to contact the foundation, to which I don't believe he ever did. But yeah, I think, I think it, you know, the, the point, just to sort of hammer home this point, is this group of people who were dead for the club, then dead, dead set against the club, now back in with the club again, all trying to feather their own nest, were absolutely need to be totally dead set against them. Everybody unified against them. They cannot have anything to do with a football club moving forward, can they? No. No. No, absolutely <clears throat> not. We know we don't want that. I don't know what he's doing. What 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 what's he trying to gain? What's he trying to gain by it? He just wants to be involved, doesn't he? He just wants to be involved for whatever reason, for whatever selfish reason. Mike Alliwell wants to get business for hotel rooms for you, presumably, uh, through the football club. Anybody who is, the rumours are that, that they are trying to attract, help try and attract investment for Abdallah. I mean, basically, anyone who wants to get into business with Abdallah and, uh, and Abdallah's Oldham Athletic, it clearly not anybody that we want involved at Oldham Athletic because... I mean, what, you're just going to fund idiocy, aren't you? You just, what, you're going to say, put money in and give it to more? I mean, you know, I mean, it's just ridiculous. I think one of the most, the things that, that resonates with me from yesterday and what's really, really got my goat is that the fans that are way on the pitch yesterday were chanting at an empty director's box again. Not one of them there. Not one of them has got the bollocks to stand up and to come out. Shares came out, tried encouraging the fans to get off the pitch so we could finish the game. Shares were fronted up to the fans not one of them. Simon was 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 morally down in Wembley yesterday, was he, with his boxing buddies? Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he was. Yeah, yeah. So he's at Wembley. You know, he, he don't give a <clears> shit <throat> what's going on at Old Athletic. He couldn't care less, right? Has he, has he not got back in touch with you? No. Nah, he, 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 forget him. He, he's not interested. He is not interested. Mohammed is not interested in communicating with the supporters. He's gone through the whole season again without saying a single thing to supporters without being accountable for his recruitment, without being accountable for the turnover of head coaches again. Abdallah has, has come out on the radio, he came on Talk Sport, when you got banned, Bin Man, with Dom and, and Brad. He didn't even know why you'd been banned. He doesn't no. know what's going on. He hasn't got a clue what's going on at the football club. No. It's an absolute shambles. And now Barry Owen is trying to come back in because he's, he's trying to make out, look, you need me here. You need me involved because morally, morally he's not interested. Moore's like, you know, he, <laughs> it's just a farce. I mean, to say that they are running the football club is just is 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 false because they're not. Can, I, they're can not anyone list it. one positive thing Barry Owen has done in his tenure at Oldham Athletic? I think he got the window cleaning bill down one year. Yeah. He did, yeah. He did. Lee Hughes, Ched Evans, a Red Fleece, Royton Cricket Club, and Nicky Maynard. On on what grounds um, would you say I'm divisive? <laughs> 
<laughs> Why? It's just just retire. Go and pet ducks or something. I don't know. Just retire. <laughs> you, you've had a go. It's not worked. Just do one. What what you just said then about obviously everyone being at the ground, uh, any directors. You know, someone made a very good point in the OEC yesterday. We're all crying out for someone to be there to take responsibility. But in the next breath, we don't want them there, period. I know. You know? Yeah. And I think that makes a valid point. I think we don't want them there, but we do want them there because they should be watching. Like you, Emma, you know, the captain went down with the Titanic. He watched that happen and, you know, went down with it. Why is any of our leaders not stood there looking through the main stand and looking down on the pitch and go, we've made this happen? They should be there. Because they're not yeah. leaders, Bin yeah. Man. They're not leaders, and you know. And, and you know what's happened. You know what's happened at this club. Nature hates a vacuum, and we've had a leadership vacuum. And we've had leadership vacuum at the club. We've had a leadership vacuum at the trust. And what's happened is the fans, all of us, have started to fill that vacuum, and and we are going to have to lead our club going forward. That's what's and that's what's happening, and that's why, as upsetting as it is that we've been relegated to the to the <coughs> national league, and 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 I'm offended by the way that these people have have treated our football club. What's happened is that we've stood up and we've started to pay attention and we've gone, enough of this, and we will take it back and we will build a football club that we deserve. That's the positive. And it might get darker before it gets brighter, but I believe now that there's enough of us on the same page in the fan base and there's enough talent and brains and enthusiasm and energy within it to, to really turn this around, but we're going to have to get be prepared for it getting harder before it gets easier. It's, yeah. it, it definitely could get a lot darker, yeah, for sure. Like like Stockport experience going down to the to the Conference North, and we've touched upon it already. We, that that could be a genuine reality, I, I think. But then, if if we really knuckle down, that the, um, to try and pick up the conversation that, that Simon and I were having earlier on, which is where do you go with this? Is I think the obvious route out of this is to start with the hard assets. So. If we can prize away the stadium and the uh, north st- and the north stand, and therefore the businesses that come with it, the OEC and Glow Gym, and start to centre all that together, then that puts much more pressure on a football club. The moment, th- this moment in time, Abdallah is <clears throat> in loads of rent arrears. He's got loads of bills to pay. No one's really putting any pressure on him for those. I, I think we need to realise that that the route out of this is to start with the hard assets and then put pressure on a football club. And the only way we're going to move with the hard assets, to repeat, the trust potentially have an investor willing to put seven-figure sum up already. They've already got that. We therefore need to match that with our own seven-figure sum. And there are other businesses locally that may also therefore contribute, which will get us very quickly to a sum that would mean that the hard assets would transfer into the control of a group of people who would put the club first. The dynamics of the game change then. That has to be our focus, doesn't it? Yeah, and it is. It is our focus. Absolutely. And what what we need to be ready for, and this is why we need to raise two million quid. (laughs) I've doubled it, (laughs) double our quits. But like, you know, we need a million quid in the bank for a rainy day, for admin and all that. And and we need a million quid to take to the table. But I thought, well, we won't sort of start putting everybody off by saying we need to raise two million quid. We'll start by raising a million quid. But even if we raise a million quid and we can put because we've got it in the in the proposal document for the 1895 fund, we can keep half a million quid in the bank for if we you know as long as the fans vote on it and the members vote on it and, and, and we, we keep half a million for a rainy day and we can put half a million in towards buying the stadium. Whatever it whatever it takes, we've got to we've got to just get the momentum going. And I think now that we've been relegated, fans are it's a massive wake-up call, isn't it? To those, because we know through our uh, through our um, 
correspondence with people, there's been people that still have, have not been able to grasp what's been going on and haven't been able to see that the writing's on the wall. It's crazy. I was thinking that when, you know, like when you read out the text about, you know, Baz's yeah. text and, and it's just like, you know, he's saying, oh, the first thing I'll be recommending is that we, we, we find a new manager and it's like, well, so that, that sort of draw a lines under shares, doesn't it? And, and, and to be honest, I wouldn't begrudge says if he walks away now, you know, it's done. You know, and he can, you know, whatever happens, whether he goes now, whether he goes after the end of the season, I think Shes can, you know, hold his head high, can't he? Let's let's be honest. You know, this none of this is his doing. I think he's tried to eke whatever he could out of a out of a substandard squad, and and you know, I'll take my hat off to him to that. And he's he's always going to be a legend. He's always going to be welcome back at this football club. When you bear in mind what we yeah. what we've just discussed about next season and what next season's going to be like, I don't want Shes being there of under that. I'd rather he walks away now. He did his best. And just it, the situation that he's going to be under, that, that whoever's running the club, whoever's managing the team next season is going to be in a thankless position. And I'd rather it wasn't Shez that had to go through that, to be honest. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and, and you know, Shez, Shez gives gives them a lot of leeway, doesn't he? You know, he's, he's given them leeway over over the last few months since he's come back. You know, he's, he's an acceptable face, isn't he, for, for, for this circus. And, and he's, he's sort of taken a lot of the brunt of, away you know he's taken a lot of the focus away from the owners and and fair to fair play to him for doing that he's given us the best chance of staying up would have been would have been long gone if he, if he hadn't come back but by the same token to have him there probably makes them think that what they're doing is acceptable and that they can get away with carrying on doing it when he's not there you're left with the the, the shit show that it was before you know when selling was there and and you know you've got the transfer windows when we're recruiting substandard players so you know, I, I don't I don't really want to see Shez to be a part of that. He deserves better than that. I'll be honest with you guys. What's cost us this relegation this season? Obviously, the clowns are, that are running us, but that EFL loan has killed us. Yeah, I mean, what we're talking about here is Abdallah Lemsigam taking out a loan for, what, 400 and something thousand pound, right? Which in football terms is a drop in the ocean, really. And he has taken that loan, not been prepared to pay it off and seen us relegated over that loan, not prepared to put any more of his money, his own money. He bought a football club, right? Or he took on a football club and he wasn't prepared to finance it to keep it in the in the in the football league, despite his claim that I will do everything within my power to keep us in the football league. He's done nothing since he said that. No. Nothing. So that we can't believe a word he says. He's no intention. He had no intention of even trying to keep us in the football league because if he would have done, he would have put his hand in his pocket and he would have paid off that EFL loan or he wouldn't have even taken the loan out. He would have just put his hand in his pocket and, and, and put an extra 400 grand into the into the playing budget. Ridiculous. I don't know if it were you yesterday, Steve, you uh, mentioned like Harry Vaughan. I don't know if it were you, mate. I don't really want to name mm, it. Was it, it was in the Sun article, wasn't it? We, we, could, have, we could have sold him for... Why didn't yeah. it? Why hasn't yeah, exactly? Exactly. You know, we haven't really, played all season. No, he How many yet, games he has he played? Two hundred and fifty thousand pounds. Take the money. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, but he's not prepared. Oh, he's obviously he's always holding out for a better deal, isn't he? Despite how it's like he's playing poker, he's got the crappiest hand in the world, but he's holding out and holding out and holding out that he thinks that this hand is going to work for him. And yeah. Abdullah, it's not going to work for you, mate. You've got a shit hand. Well, let's let, let's just talk about what it actually means. Steve, have you got your summary of what it means dropping from the EFL into the National League to hand that you could read out now that you're preparing in the week for today's podcast? Um, Matt, I, you hop there? 
<laughs> yeah, you have caught me on the hop. I do, I do remember some of the numbers though. Um, so, I mean, I, I guess essentially, you know, from an EL, EFL perspective, you would get two solidarity payments throughout the year. I think we get one at the start of the season. I think you get one in January. That comes to the sum total of circa maybe just shy of a million pound. Now, the solidarity payment that you get from the National League is, is £80,000. It might have gone up slightly with inflation and et cetera. So it might be around 90 grand. So there's there's a massive, so, massive so, 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 we're, so we're talking about a £910,000 black hole. Yeah. In terms of a parachute payment, you get, I think it's in the region of, I think it's about 435 grand or some, something four, along those lines. 470 in year one. Yeah. 470 in year one. And you get 50% of that in year two. Yeah, and then, that, and then that's it. Yeah, and then that's yeah. absolutely it. And I think, and it's when it comes to things like attendances, you know, done research around the number of uh, how the crowds drop across the, you know, the longer that you're in the National League, and you can probably expect to see something around over a five-year period, maybe around eight, nine hundred people short on the gate, and that that's just come from all the information that we've got from relegated clubs over the last sort of 10 years or so. Um, so you know it's going to have a detrimental effect on season ticket sales, on gate attendances and things like that. I think in terms of TV money, for each game that you had televised, which obviously we didn't have many um, but whilst we were in the EFL, I think it's circa 80,000 that you get or just shy of 80,000 for, for every game that you have on TV. In the National League, it's six grand per game. You know, fair play, we, we probably will have a few games on TV next year with us being one of the bigger clubs that will be in there. But again, that is a massive shortfall. And then, and then you've got other things that you can add in there as well that we'll have to qualify for the first round of the FA Cup. You know, we're not guaranteed that first round spot on the money that comes with it. So, How, how many qualifying um, rounds are there, do we know? I'm not sure how many. Yeah, I think I think there's five. I'm not sure if it's the same for all teams to get to that point. It may well be that, that it is. Um, to get to the I, first I, round, I, I think the conference teams. I think the conference teams maybe joining the qualifying rounds, maybe in the last two qualifying rounds. I think so. There's probably a couple of extra games. The, the other obvious point to note is uh, the League Cup, a competition in which we appeared in front of seventy-four thousand people in the final of. We're not in it anymore. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be in the FA Trophy it's instead. FA Trophy, FA Vars, Cheshire Seniors Cup. <laughs> Um, <laughs> things like that. So it's it's uh, it's just the, the differences are just unreal when you actually start to break things down. It's 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 not just about relegation. It's about everything else. And it's one of the EFL is a much maligned operation, isn't it? Let's be honest. But you know, it's it's prestige to be a football league club. You know, there's teams that there's teams that will be coming up that will be proud to have that football league EFL sort of badge on their arm, and, and we're not going to have that. You know, it's like we've taken it for granted, Stay in it, really, in a way, over all these yeah, years. Absolutely, we have. You know, and, and you know, what effect is it going to have on sponsorship deals that we can attract, on kit sponsors, on kit, you know, producers? Like what it, it, the knock-on is, is is sort of yet to be yet to be really, really seen, isn't it? You know, once you once you actually come out of that cloud of being devastated that we've got relegated, it's all the other stuff that'll hit. Sorry, I heard a rumor today that Sam Corey's going to be knitting our first team kit next season. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at, at least it'd look good <laughs> <laughs> not going to be too good in the rain though <laughs> you, look at, you look at the sides down in there though guys you know you, you know, it, it says everything about the league when you know, you've only had two sides out the last 25 years to come back up instantly that ain't going to happen with us That ain't. No. I don't want to be the pessimist, I don't but that ain't going to happen with us, you look at the likes of Chesterfield uh, Lincoln were down there for a very long time. Wrexham is still down there, you know. It's out the league. 
you have to win the league to guarantee you are up. Yeah. So you have to be champions to win it. And then you've now got a lottery of the second between second and seventh to get in the yeah. playoff. So you know it's not going to be easy. It's not it's not going to be easy. Like Andy uh, said earlier, we could be speaking this time in another year, and we're going out to the national league now. You know, twelve it, years it, been man since Stockport got relegated. Yeah. Yeah. And they're just coming up now as, as champions. And look how many Wrexham have tried chucking at it this year. There's no guarantee that they're going to go up, is it? Exactly. No. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, And, that, and that's it. It's a, it's a graveyard. You know, I've, I've got mates who are Luton fans and County fans and, and they've all had to go through it. And, and they the first thing they'll say is it is not an easy division to get out of the right way. No, I just you don't. Know, and I, I, I don't mind being down there, Steve. If no, I don't mean it like that. I don't want to be down there. But you know, if we got a new owner, like <clears> I said tomorrow, and everything was all right, I think we'd all be back on board, and we think we are where we are. Let's try and get back up. I just think the uncertainty is that Abdullah still controls the club. I'm Mohammed, and that a fear isn't it. That's yeah. how we're feeling about. I, th- it. I think I think that's are. the point. Is it been man? Is is we've we've demonstrated since Sheridan came back what support this club can have. We've come out in numbers, been absolutely superb on the road. We've had 5,000-plus at-home games since Sheridan returned. And now we need to go the other way and really starve these guys of income so that the new owners, if we can attract them and we can get a consortium together potentially, have seen what the potential is. Because if we were run properly, uh, financed properly, a proper budget was put um, into the football club, we'd back it. You'd have 6,000 supporting Latics at the top end of the conference, wouldn't you? We'd be one yeah. of the bigger teams in there, and we should be able to compete at the top end with ease if you had the right uh, the right ownership. So that's what the we've got to focus for this, on. The concern, Andy, is, and, and, and I, I agree, but the concern is next season now is... You know, we don't go in numbers. No money's coming into the club. We know how much how much money the club is losing from payments. We know Abdallah's not going to put his hand in his pocket. We know there's a court case that needs to be funded. What's the playing budget going to be for next season? Is the club going to be going part-time next season because they can't afford to, to pay people full-time? Is The playing budget was what this season? 1.2 million. What's it going to yeah. be next season? 600 grand? Like yeah. up against teams in, you know... What, <clears throat> We're gonna it, it, we're gonna be in a relegation fight next season because the club is gonna be operating on basically zero money, getting further and further into debt. The longer Abdallah keeps holding on to this football club, the more it's gonna kill us. Like, I mean, honestly, he he needs to f- pick up the phone to me or Jim or someone at OASF and say, "Lads, it's yours. Take it off my hands. I don't want it anymore. It's costing me too much money. I'm killing it." I don't know what to do. Mohammed's not delivered on what he said he was going to deliver. I've I've not got a board of directors running the club for me. Will you please give us a quid and take on all the debt, take on the responsibility, and and we'll just our asses will drop and we'll go shit. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, I don't know how we're going to manage this, but we'll manage it and we'll and we'll do it. But at least that way, if that happened, we could sell five thousand season tickets. We could get revenue in. And we could make a push while we've got that 400 grand coming in from the parachute payment next season. We could make a fist of it at least through season ticket sales and through some kind of solidarity money coming in, through some uh, attracting some sponsorship. We could actually have a fist of it next season. But if Abdallah, if you choose to stay, you are basically condemning us 
to National League North football, potentially the season after. That's how serious it is. Look how quickly you've taken us from League One to the National League. There's nothing to suggest that you're going to keep us in, 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 league, in the National League next season. So Barry, Adam, Mohamed, Abdallah... Ring the courts and tell them we've had to change our mind. This is a stupid idea. We don't want to take a, we don't want to take our landlord who we owe money to to court. We'd like to like scrub that out, please, and give us the club. Just give it to us and stop messing about. I, I, I can't think of anything. I can't think of another another solution. And and we'll find a buy. We'll find investors to come in and, and, and take the club forward because you're not going to do that. And you just it's just a plea. That, that, give us a ring. The Boundary Park Alert System is produced by Matt Dean and Andy Halliwell for QPod Productions and fans of Oldham Athletic all over the world. We'd like to thank Push the Boundary for their continued support and all the fans who listen every week, particularly those who get involved. The pod is and always will be free, but you can donate just $2.99 per month to help us fund it by the link in the show notes. If you'd like to make a one-off donation, please contact us directly. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or contribute in any way, please email bpalertsystem at gmail.com contact us on facebook instagram and twitter at oafc podcast or visit our website oafcpodcast.co.uk where you can also read arlene's weekly blog all athletic supporters foundation need your help to raise a minimum of one million pound as soon as possible for the 1895 fund we're working with ptb and all like-minded supporters to raise enough money to be at the table in a bid to save our club visit all athletic supporters foundation.com to pledge as much as you can afford to help us reach this target before the end of this season. Visit pushtheboundary.co.uk to find out more about their efforts to give fans a voice. We're also proud to bring you the Latix Football Phone in live every Thursday night from 7 till 8pm at youtube.com forward slash the Boundary Park Alert System. Catch up there now if you've missed any. Make sure, it's taking a while, isn't it? Make sure you help change the game by downloading the Fan Hub app and listening to us from there. The title music for the show is by Manchester DJ and producer Starion and you can learn more by visiting redlaserrecords.bandcamp.com. Thanks for listening and remember, you can have it all, but how much do you want it? See you next week.